Hello everybody, this is Krishna Kitty, and in this episode, I'm going to talk about my own personal experiences, how I've gone off the grid in the past. I'm not going to go into too much personal detail because I do not know if some of the family that were involved in this still are following me, listening to me, but I don't want to put out personal information that involves children, half-siblings, you know, divided families, things like that. I just don't want to do that. But what I do want to do is tell you why I despise the government. And when I talk about the government, I'm not talking about America. I'm talking about what it became. And the first time I came face to face with tyranny was in 2002. When I stood up, not just for myself, but for others with a number of issues that were important to me. One had to do with the right of property rights. I'm going to leave it at that. Your land, you should be able to live as you want. And people moving near you shouldn't be able to tell you you can't have junk cars or parked cars on your lawn. You know, some, there were families that lived out in these rural parts of North Carolina that had been there for generations. Why should a developer who wants to build uh, in a suburb that never existed before t- bring legislation and try to tell other people how to live on their family land? That doesn't sit well with me. That was when I started going down the rabbit hole. The second thing I went down the rabbit hole had to do with social services. And I refused to comply with anything that had to do with tyranny. Long story short, we wound up having to flee. I'm gonna leave it at that. At the time, I was young. Um, There was a child from a previous marriage that um, I had taken on. I had a very young son of my own. And um, at the time, my ex-husband was like-minded. Honestly, now he is not. He went the opposite way. Sadly, with each progressive relationship, became more and more liberal. And my own two boys have become, unfortunately, estranged and sheeple as well. Long story short, in that instant, we had to leave everything we have. We had a mortgage. We were very fortunate to just out of school to get a house and thought I was going to have the perfect life. But I stood up for what I believed in. And I realized at that very moment, if you stand up against the government, if you stand up against the agenda, no matter what that is, you will feel the wrath. I remember standing there saying, there's a constitution. You need a search warrant to come on this property. No, we don't. Yes, you do. You have to read me my Miranda rights. I learned so much throughout, and this was right after 9-11. Right after, about a year later, after 9-11, when I started hearing from people that were there, those planes did not bring down those buildings. I saw proof of it. I saw chemical analysis. I knew, as I said in my last podcast, somebody at the Pentagon, there was no way planes disintegrated fields. I realized it was something in my soul, even at that early phase. And I remember in high school reading George Orwell in 1984, and that just was going through my mind. But we would not bow to the government, and I would not bow to social services or anything like that. So we wound up fleeing, um, turning our home over to basically selling it for they, someone took over the mortgage payments on it. And we basically said it was a family emergency. I went to the people I was working for. Great job, huge nonprofit. 
told them I have family emergency, I have to resign. Wound up meeting with a chaplain there, confiding in what happened, and they said, take 30, 60 days off. You can't run forever. Get things sorted out. Look for a place, come back, look for a place in another county. I'm gonna try to find some people that can help you. I'm involved with people that support the Constitution. First time I ever heard anything like that. We did, we fled. We put our cars in storage. We lived out of an RV for two months, um, traveling around, went back up north for a while. And then finally ran out of money. And I had a good job and we wound up coming back to North Carolina to a different area than where we had lived previously, a different county found a very redneck place to rent and try to start over. At that time, my children did not go to public school. There was an older child, like I said, from a previous relationship um, that was now mine. And I homeschooled besides working. And my son at the time went to Christian schools and then um, and I was working full time. We got involved with co-ops, with people that would, you know, my schedule is flexible. So I might go in and work one to 10 and do, be able to spend the morning teaching. It was exhausting, I'll be very honest. But I was committed that my children would not walk into a public school in that state because of what I saw with social services and the agenda. I was also fortunate at the time that my ex-husband was able to work as a mechanic near our home and was able to help me. But money was tight and was difficult. We wound up utilizing Christian schools that were, that cost money. Therefore putting more strain on your finances so that I could actually work more jobs and, and help run a home business. It was extremely tiring. But everything I did, I did because I believed in the ideal. And people said to me, you know, just put your kids in public school. Why are you killing yourself? Why would you do this? Why do you want to live like this? And I tried to explain to them. But until it happens to you, people don't get it. See, social service is above the law. I'm going to give you a hypothetical. Johnny and Mike are playing baseball. Johnny gets hit with the baseball. He goes to school the next day. He's pissed at his mom because his mom gave him turkey instead of peanut butter. And he tells them, my mama hit me. Guess what? They're at your home. They'll be at your neighbor's home. They will question everything. Just like we were living somewhere and people, the government to try to get back would say, you have junk cars in your yard. You're not allowed to have parts cars. Give me a break. There were people living on this land around us that lived there for 50, 60 years. But because developers wanted to come in and build subdivisions. They didn't like the fact people's houses look like a Jeff Foxworthy joke. You know what, it's their freaking land. I'm a libertarian. I've always chose to hang out and live in places that I'm gonna com com honestly say white trash, redneck lands. I love it, okay? I grew up up north, but it was not what people think. It was redneck, okay? My property, property rights. You don't have a fourth, fourth Amendment. You don't have a search warrant. You're not coming on my property. That's what I always believed. But I realized that wasn't really the case. They'll do what they want. And somehow they will get you. 
finally, uh, I did wind up resigning from that position with the corporate, with that nonprofit for a number of reasons. Um, and working for a major hospital, doing contract work and trying to start another home business. And at that time we started doing well and we were able to find another home that we wanted to buy. But of course, the government ha always has an agenda and I get myself in these, I can't let things go. So I'm gonna tell you another story. And when I said we lived off the grid at that time, even when we came back, we could, we were poor. We had no money. You had to put a deposit down for electricity, all these different things. So we just decided to live off the grid. So I probably spent about nine months living with no power or anything. Even when we were renting a place, we didn't have electricity. It wasn't until about nine months later that we actually had it hooked up. Um, the second time I went off the grid, tell you the story with this one, being completely honest. This was in 2009. I was involved with Second Amendment groups like I am now. If you know the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia. Unfortunately, some groups back then, it was really still MySpace and you know they weren't vetting and there wasn't the seriousness that I take. So we got, it was anyone could join. You didn't know who people were. It was huge and you know, there was no real, um, organization. It was a lot of people hanging out and it was some good times, some good trainings, good fellowships, mostly Christians um, while military. But unfortunately, a lot of extremists got in and I do not tolerate racism at all. White nationalism is the devil. And we didn't even know there were people that were frequenting our home, coming to parties that were involved in this because they didn't advertise it. No one even knew some people's real names. It was, hey, this is my cousin. He's a good person. We didn't have formal roles. Very different than the organization I'm with now. We did meet people. We did tell people, no, you can't be part of this for whatever the reason was. But we did run background checks because it was a notion of it's America. The notion that every citizen is part of the organized militia. That's what they people that were running it that were ex-military really believed, but it was a downfall. In this particular case, the second time we ran, I'll be very honest, had to do with Second Amendment rights, people breaking into onto my property, and me exercising my Second Amendment rights. Unfortunately, just because you think you can exercise your rights does not make you able to, pretty much. If someone breaks on your property and you hold them at gunpoint until the police come, guess what? You are now a criminal. Yes, I'm telling you the absolute goddamn truth. Excuse my language, Lord. You would think someone climbs a perimeter fence and they're going to steal from you. You have the right to hold them while you call 911 at gunpoint. Not, ne no, not necessarily. I'm not gonna go into the other details of that, but that's when I came face to face with the criminal justice system. And I realized at that point, everything Alex Jones had been talking about from police state, end game, everything was true. It all came together. And in between those two times, I learned more and more about what happened after 9-11 and much, much more.
2009, through the grace of God, their situation finally was resolved. We left everything we had again and tried to start over, basically had to leave because of the way the sheriffs were treating us. Again, went off the grid. There was months we lived, I mean, I'm saying probably almost a year without electricity. And I never missed it. I actually enjoyed it. And then I had another son. So we had, you know, even when my son started kindergarten, there wasn't electricity we were living in. You know, we were living in RVs on some land that we were renting, and that was it. But there's a sense of freedom to that. A sense of freedom is that the less the government knows about you, the less they can spy on you and control you. Also, I've learned you need to know the laws in your state. And if God forbid you're ever in a situation, I'm just going to be honest, dead men don't talk. And I know that sounds awful because nobody wants to ever take a life. But if your freedom and your life is going to be taken away from you because you did the right thing, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm also going to tell you, when they say in the movies you have a right to attorney if you can't afford one, that's not true. It means when you sell everything you have and have nothing left, maybe they'll give you a crappy lawyer who will do nothing for you. And that is why I sympathize, especially with minorities and people I hear about how they get railroaded. And I have talked to many public defenders and the system is broken. It's a, it's for profit. They want you to plea bargain. It's all about money, 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 money. It says no excessive bail, but people would sit in jail for months because they couldn't come up with $400 bail. I'm not joking. I vowed at that time I would never work again in corporate America. I would try to distance myself from the government as much as possible, and I would always stand up against tyranny. Well, I gotta be honest, a couple years later, I got, I wound up getting divorced, um, started some businesses, they became successful, I was very fortunate, met some good people, and really stopped thinking about tyranny. I raised my children, I ran fitness companies, I traveled, I enjoyed some classic cars, life was good, it really was. In fact, I lived off the grid again another time after I got divorced just because I was trying to figure out where I wanted to live and I was at a location, didn't want to pay to turn the electric on because again, they, they wanted this huge deposit when you switch companies. So I said, you know, I don't need electric, I'm good. So I probably spent then again about four or five months living at electric, not a big deal to me. March, 2020, I'm gonna be honest. I had a great relationship with somebody. Um, we talked about getting married, buying land together, buying an RV. And then I expressed my views and opened up about my involvement with a Second Amendment constitutional militia that I've been involved in one in the past. And that I, I just rejoined one in March of 2020. And unfortunately, that was not acceptable to this person. Our views no longer aligned. And that was the end of everything. I believed at the time my life fell apart. I had pretty much been shutting down my business. I planned on moving. 
I thought everything was going the way it planned and boom, it was done. Had to come back to where I was living before. Thank God I could. And things never went back to the same after that. Um, Business-wise, we've been pummeled for a number of reasons. But without going into too much more about that, I want you to understand I have lived without electricity. I've lived without running water. I have, I got very, very involved for the past several years of survival classes, survival fitness, all that kind of stuff, spending weeks out, you know, a week out in the wilderness. And I realized that we did not have any skills. If it hit the fan tomorrow, we are done. We are completely done. For generations, people knew how to dig a well, how to store meat, how to store fish. No one knows that. Even people that hunt, they take it to a processor. People have no survival skills anymore. I believe in the organization I'm with. I am sick when I hear people say 3%. There is no 3%, okay? It is a term, like saying you're a Christian. And you know what? The reason I don't go to organized religion is because most of the time I don't want to be lumped together with other Christians. There have been many, hundreds, thousands probably, of groups that use the 3%. There are tons of people that are unorganized militia, people like I used to, I work with and contract with. They're just, that's how they're identified. It's a lifestyle. It's like, I'm a believer in, in Christ. 3% means I'm a believer in the Constitution. I support the American patriots that stood up against the British. That's all it means. But yes, it's going to be good and it's going to be bad. Stereotype is a stereotype. Just like saying everybody in the city is a gangster. That's retarded, okay? Or a thug. That is not true. Or everybody in the trailer park is white, stupid, you know, inbred. That's, you know, same thing when it comes to the militia. The Second Amendment must be preserved in its entirety. The right to bear arms and a well-regulated militia. It was put there by our founding fathers because they understood coming from a monarchy where true tyranny really was. And the time might come where Americans had to make a choice. But I realized, you know, the media is vilified, and so people are blinded. They are scared. They see the 3%. Oh, my God, you're part of that 3%. 3%? What does that mean? It means I support the Constitution. I support those patriots back in the day. I can't help if there's stupid people and stupid groups that have used that and done stupid things. The organization I belong to, we have every race, every religion, every age. We do not go to rallies. We do not go to protests. We are not vigilantes. We don't go to riots. We're the ultimate prepping group. Because preppers and survivalists get it wrong. Prepping, stockpiling, slim gyms and water is not survival and prepping. Learning how to truly survive, including how to defend a perimeter, how to defend your families, what to do if it hit the fan, is prepping and survivalism. So naturally, that's how I came into this. I, the smart meter was something I just fell into because of my health. I've met a lot of people in the smart meter movement of both parties, Republicans and Democrats. I met more patriots there than I have in the militia movement. Why? Because these people actually are doing something and showing it. See, 
I saw all these people that's claimed they were quote unquote three percent militia shut their businesses, put the muzzle on their face, and bow to tyranny. I refuse to. To me, that's not a patriot. But like today, I want to saw a couple people that are out by me that are living off the grid. That's a patriot. They're putting, I hate to say put your money where your mouth is, but really what is what it is. I'm not going to be coerced. And eventually everybody's going to have to make that choice. That is what the mark of the beast truly is. Who are you going to worship? Are you worshiping the government? Or are you worshiping God? Are you marked by God or marked by the devil? Are you sealed by God or sealed by the devil? You can use it interchangeably. Think of the Christians. So many denominations. Do we throw the baby out with the bathwater? No. Same thing with 3%. There are many, many bad groups, but there are many, many good people and many good groups as well. And it's a matter of looking for the right people. But I will not allow the government to tell me that I can't call myself a constitutionalist. Just like I'm not going to be told that I'm going to be extorted for electricity. See, when they have no power over you, you don't have fear of them, that is true freedom. Then, you know, honestly, a couple years ago, I started seeing more and more RVs popping out where I live. A lot of land that people rent out out here. And I didn't realize exactly what was, you know, I did in a way, because we did the RV lifestyle for a while. But these people have found ways that they don't, you know, they, yes, they have their cars registered. Some people don't have cars, honestly. They walk down to the local dollar store. But most people do have a car. Most people do work, or self, most of them are self-employed in some way. I'll leave it at that. But they are not dependent and they want to get more independent day by day. I have learned how to make candles. I have learned how to make soaps. I have learned how to cook with cast iron. And you know, if you don't really want to do that, I mean, there's plenty of how to make, you know, people grill all the time. You don't need electricity to cook. Now, I will say one of the things that really bothers me about what I've seen with the smart meters are the people that do not have running water and sanitation. Um, if you have city water or county water, whatever, the lines and sewer lines, and you don't take the smart meter, you don't have sanitation. If your home has an electric well and you don't accept the smart meter, you will not have water or sanitation. And that is the biggest reason people have bowed that and social services coming for their children or the elderly being taken away for adult services. Again, all of this is documented and I am praying that Representative R.J. May can get legislation down the road. But we need help in this state. I don't do this for myself. I don't give a damn. But I know that there are people suffering. I don't use electric. I always joked about that. I mean, I burn candles. I've never really ran. I don't run air conditioning. I've been in survival mode for almost two years. I don't use heat. I I train. I live as if it hit the fan. And I've been doing that really since, you know, March of 2020 when I, when I realized a scamdemic. There's a reason they shut everything down. The reason the smart meter rollout is in full force 
I got to t talk to people that were very large energy companies, and they said, yes, right now, governors have gotten involved, and there's been reprieves, blah, 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 blah. But bottom line is, eventually, everybody will have a smart meter, or you will not be able to function as a human being. That's pretty damn scary. I also know people that left or were threatened and fired from utility companies for speaking out. No different than the COVID vaccines. So I wanted to share my information with you so you understand where I'm coming from. I'm not just, oh, I'm a radical, I'm this and that. I have seen what I have seen firsthand. I believe what I believe because I understand in this country you are guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. Our criminal justice system is broken. The prison system and our jails are nothing but money-making institutions. That is why I wish minorities and they, everyone just realized the government is trying to divide us based on race and all these things when we have a common enemy and that is the government. We need to come together, not divide. I can't stress that enough. People always say, well, your organization is racist. Oh, no, we're not. I can't get anyone to join. It doesn't matter what race they are because people are scared. I'm begging people, especially veterans that swore an oath. And those are my dogs. I apologize. I urge people to get involved. Today, I, as I said, got to visit some more families talk to people online. The biggest reason people are giving in to these smart meters is sanitation and water. We are fortunate where we live, the properties, there's a communal well, you could say. There's two of them within so many acres, I guess you could say. Um, it used to be a huge mobile home park and they were selling out the lots. So people that live out here, like where I live, you can have water because it is pushed through the main well system. Now, is there a smart meter pushing that water out? Probably, but it is not close enough to cause me any kind of health benefits because I'm in my home, I'm not sick. So like today I went to work, within 30 minutes of being in the back of my business, I was sick. Headaches, migraines, I, I can't even explain it. And one of the employees that works at another strip mall where I have been working with, she had a seizure and a stroke, and she believes it's from this. I've talked to people that have had cancers, um, and they believe it's from the smart meters sitting in close proximity, finding out that they were literally on the other side of a very thin wall of where the smart meter was. So a lot of people out here also have learned, learned, I went out to a couple of places where they've learned to dig their own wells. It's not as hard as you think. People have been doing it for thousands of years. There was actually a gentleman out here at one of them that was 80-something years old teaching people how he learned to do it as a child. So the, I own antique books. Don't, it can be done, okay? It can be done. People did it for thousands and thousands of years. When my children were little, I put them in a tin bucket and gave them a bath like a depression. You can do that. Like I said, I'm fortunate. I'm going to go soak in my garden tub. Yeah, um, we have plenty of water here. And what's one of the reasons that I bought land where I am because each lot has the ability to have multiple hookups so people can live and electricity. And it's not just where I am, there's other places like this as well. 
And what has happened over time is people like myself has migrated to these kind of places. They're seeking them out. Or places that are low-lying waters. Or homesteading, where people are coming together to dig these kind of community wells. They're not hard to do. It is not hard to do. But for those that have to have sanitation and they can't have this, I understand why they give in. And or they wind up moving somewhere where they're allowed to opt out of a smart meter. But I have seen the documentation. By the end of 2023, they're saying if you don't comply, even the states that have said enacted legislation, I have seen things from the federal government backed by the United Nations that said they will make people comply. Eventually, everybody will comply. You know what? Look at gas. All they need is one shit hits a fan event. They know. So my question is, you know, people say I'm going to pick up arms. I'm ready to defend. I believe most people are going to go hide in a panic room. 3%, I'm lucky if 1.5% actually ever stood up. But I will say, I have seen more people, I call patriots, involved with the smart meters. And the further I go out into the country, and I've gone to meet a lot of these people. In fact, the Mennonites and a lot of other religious groups have refused the meters as well. Obviously, they don't have electricity, a lot of these people. And they dig wells. They teach people how to do this. There's so many resources out there. There's homesteading events. There's land that's being sold for homesteaders. I'm not a commune kind of person, but there are people coming together on communes together. Now, I do say if you could put together a defensive militia, a group of people like that, and had a commune, especially with all families, I know people that have done that with perimeters. But it takes money, it takes resources, it takes time. And I don't know how much time we have. I'm Kushna Kitty. Please email me. If you have questions, kushnakitty1776 at gmail.com. Gmail.com. I'll be very, very happy, very, very happy to talk to anybody about what we have been through. I have asked several people that have been through this with me, (laughs) that have been affected by this, to talk, but people don't want to go on video. They don't want their voices put out. They're scared. Either they're scared they're going to lose whatever government benefits they're collecting, even disability for the VA, or their children will be taken away by social services. That's really sad. As I said, I've seen elderly taken out of their homes, and it, it, it shouldn't be this way. But I'm telling you, even those people that were able to fight it, like in North Carolina right now, or in Georgia, or Vermont, or New Hampshire, all these different states that have made ways for people to opt out of this, without the draconian measures like Dominion Energy has done. Okay? Eventually, they will have to assimilate. How soon? Who knows? The the paperwork that I saw was the end of 2023. Everybody will have this. It's part of the United Nations agenda. Look up sustainable development. I'm Krishna Kitty. Some more stuff to go down the rabbit hole with. I hope you understand by me sharing personal information, I am trying to show you that we are real people. So if you're in South Carolina and you support the Constitution and want to learn survival skills and want to be ready if it hits the fan, ever, no matter what that might be, please email me, Kalishnikitty1776 
at gmail.com. God bless everybody.